Hello and welcome to another episode of the Point Forward Podcast. This is your official Christmas Day Point Forward Podcast. And uh, if I'm playing Santa, then my special elf, PJ Upton, is here with me. PJ, what up, homie? I'm clearly Rudolph, man. All right, that's oh, fine. Def- I like that, I'm too. guiding this sleigh tonight. That's great. It is great. I like that better, actually. And the shining red light. Well, I'm. I think we're we're gonna need some guidance today. So that. Oh that yes, we will. Always need guidance. <laughs> yes. Come sit you. down in my Rudolph Lounge. If there's one thing that we could really use is staying on track, and I think you're the one that could. I cannot think of a single moment in this podcast history where I've ever led us down a a tangent of any sort whatsoever. I can't think of it either, man, so that's great. Uh, We are recording this uh, week, exactly a week before Christmas. Uh, We are recording this on Tuesday night. I'm currently watching the end of the Hawks-Wizards game where it looks like the Hawks are going to wrap things up and, and upset the wizards in atlanta tonight it's uh it can't really be an upset to upset the wizards aren't on they you just get upset watching the wizards you can't really be teams can't really upset the wizards they just beat the wizards i mean the hawks have won six games one half the number of games the wizards have it's still classified as an upset maybe not in my not in my book okay We'll agree to disagree. But we, I've been looking forward to talking about this since this past weekend. Let's talk about probably the, the funniest not trade that's ever occurred in, in maybe NBA history, PJ. Which, Brought uh, to you by classic. Brooks Brothers. Use promo code the point forward. <laughs> and you can get. Uh, I'm trying to think of a fun way to incorporate you can, three. What you get is you can pick out a suit, and then they're going to give you a different suit. You don't know what it's going to be. It'll be in the right measurements as your suit, but it just won't be the one that you were expecting. It but you'll talk about the suit in color. general. Yep. You'll talk about it vaguely and mention, like, the suit, and you'll all assume we're talking about the same suit, but at no point will we actually confirm that, and you'll get something else. Um, at the last minute, and then it's up to you if you want to want to uh, go forward with that or not, or back out. It's a it's a really sick promo code. I think we're the only exclusive podcast that the Brooks Brothers is that Brooks Brothers is allowing and, and advertising this through. So go ahead. That's uh, the point forward. <laughs> go to, just enter that in at brooksbrothers.com. Yeah. So. Uh it was originally reported by Woj on Twitter that uh, a three-way team deal had been, uh, or a three-team deal, a three-way trade had been agreed upon by the Suns, the Wizards, and the Grizzlies, uh, where Kelly Oubre would be going to Memphis, uh, along with Austin Rivers, or excuse me, Austin Rivers and Wayne Selden going to the Suns. And then two Grizzly second round picks going to the Wizards, but there was some confusion around uh, Phoenix also expecting Dylan Brooks to be involved in the deal, 
whereas the Grizzlies had actually included Marshawn Brooks in the deal, uh, which I, you know, I talked about this with uh, Lindsay a little bit, PJ, and she just her her immediate response was she just felt really bad for Marshawn. She's like Marshawn being in this trade is gonna kill it. That doesn't seem fair, which I thought was really funny. But hey, Marshawn's been around the block for a little while longer. Dylan Brooks has shown was some, out of the some, league. And then he's back yeah, in. Yeah, I mean, he, he just kind of worked his way back in the league last season, and now Dylan Brooks is. I, I like Dylan Brooks. I'm if I'm the Suns, I I would want him too. But, uh, what was your reaction to this trade? Had it actually gone down, and what was your reaction to when it actually started? Uh, the reports started leaking out that the Suns had obviously expected a different Brooks to be involved, and that the deal was dead. Well, I'm still trying to really determine what what benefit the uh, Washington Wizards got out of all this. Um, out of what ultimately happened or out of... Any of it. I mean, really... Both, all of it makes very little sense to me from their perspective. The I mean, the, the actual trade that happened with Ubre and Austin Rivers going over for... Trevor Reza, like that doesn't even make sense. Like I, I'm not really certain what the play here was for the Wizards. Uh, really, all I can think of is that they just had made the determination that they weren't going to play in the Kelly Oubre restricted free agent waters. They wanted to get out of it and um, get something back, but they're they traded for a guy that's got a one year contract, and I'm not really sure. Is Trevor Reza going to re-sign there for less than what they could have gotten Kelly Oubre? Probably not. Right. And wouldn't you uh, assume if you were made the decision, all right, Kelly Oubre is not our guy, we will uh, maybe we can find a team that is interested in signing him long-term and, and get some assets from that team for him? Makes sense to me, PJ. So the only thing I can think of with this ultra is that that a they didn't want to be in a situation where they didn't get where they they didn't want to be in the Kelly Ray waters down the line. I, it, this may be something where they're freeing up the ability to just unload a wall or a auto porter contract, and then they're able to. I don't know if they how much cap. So if they let Ariza walk, they'd be able to add a piece next season. Because Mahimi's contract's done, correct? Or does he still have one more year on that god awful thing? I feel like he has another year. I'll look that up. Because if that's done, like, I was thinking of maybe this is their one one chance to get out of cap hell. But I didn't really see that coming from like Bobby. I was expecting that kind of a spin to come from Bobby Marks after the trade went through and didn't see that. Um, so I really have zero idea why uh, why they did Mah- that. Mahinmi is signed for 15, 15 and a half million next season. Uh, is it an option? No. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my god, indeed. Yeah. Um, and I will also say that I don't really understand why the Suns did this, other than the idea that 
uh, the, the Suns didn't want to trade a reason to the Lakers. It was just a uh, direction given by ownership that they to not trade him to the Lakers, even though after the trade fell through, the Lakers reemerged in the last you know final hours and tried to make another offer, and ultimately this restructured deal between Phoenix and Washington went through, but uh, they've have or it's they're going to be waiving Austin Rivers, who has interest from five or six other teams. Uh, it doesn't appear that so it, they that wasn't an added piece for them that they really wanted. Um, really, just getting a couple picks if they get a second round in the final deal. I believe so. Yeah. All right. So you get a pick. So I wonder though if they're looking at it as maybe are they really interested in re-signing Kelly Oubre long-term? Because I don't really see him as a fit with this team. And for a rebuilding team, I don't think it makes sense for them to add what will probably be a, a close to you know max restricted. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets at least what Zach Levine got, if maybe a little less, but somewhere along that twenty million dollar range. For who? Ubre. Oh no way! You don't. I, you don't think some team is going to be dumb enough to do that? No, I don't think so. Um, I there's because... a lot of teams with cap. I would be very shocked if not one of them that is kind of in the back end. They don't get on the initial surge that would throw some money at him. So here's my thing is that I understand ultimately I don't think this is a huge I don't think this changes a lot for the Wizards. I think that you get a slightly better defensive player um in Ariza over Ubre. For this year, sure. For this year, but long term obviously not, you know, Ariza. I don't get the long term play cuz you're done this no, year. No, but I, I I think that there was no way that the Wizards were going to re-sign him. And so I understand trading him, but trading him for Ariza doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Like I would try to get another young player or young players or picks with Ubre where you hope that turns into something versus Ariza, which you know you're not gonna re sign after this year. Right. Um, unless it's a, a you know, mid level or vet minimum or something. Like who knows? Like but he's, like you said, he's he'll probably get a better contract offer than that somewhere. Um, so if if it doesn't make sense from the Wizards side to do that, from Phoenix's side, do I mean they're a terrible team, but they've they've also um, the one thing that they're kind of rich in are, are young wings. So they that's exactly what they just acquired. Well, deal for a point guard, guys. I mean you you haven't figured that they out. They did. They're letting him I go. Mean, it just doesn't. That does not make sense to me either, uh, and I don't well, see Ubre staying around. I mean, they got my my first thought was like, all right, you trade, you know, the the signing in general, like getting a vet to come in for that team. When, I mean, all you had really had for veteran leadership at that point, for the most part, was Tyson Chandler, and then you dealt him. So, like, having a reason in the locker room, I thought made sense for that team. Mm. He signed but, that deal because he, he knew he was going to get flipped, though. 
I guess I, I I didn't really think of it that way, but I that is ultimately he, what ended up happening. He got the most I, money and in, in knew he'd be traded at some point. Yeah, I just thought that it was going to be for a point guard or for picks and not for another well, wing that's just going to go by the wayside. It's just it's an empty that trade. That could still be mind. a play. It, move, it moves the needle very little. It's just hilarious as, as far as how it all went down. Um. Well, I, I do think there's a the idea that maybe they think it's easier to flip Ubre than it was to move Ariza. So maybe the the ultimately the assets they're looking for are from Ariza that they were trying to get for Ariza, they could get easier with someone that's interested in actually investing long term in uh, Kelly Ubre, and they could get back a little bit more. Um, along with that, though, is that I'm like we said, the team needed a point guard. Austin Rivers. What did they? They said that they ultimately decided to, to waive him, move on because they didn't think he fit with their team and the direction they're headed, and just it wasn't a good fit with their rebuild right now. And to bring him in just didn't seem to make sense, but. Your team that doesn't have a point guard, Austin Rivers is a point guard. Even if you play him for a couple weeks and then you trade him, I mean, there's there's five six teams that immediately said they were interested in signing him once he clear once he's uh, released by the by the Suns. You're telling me those you couldn't have gotten a something, worked something out with them. Just have the guy play for a couple weeks. At least he's serviceable. <laughs> like. I was uh, that part did surprise me a little bit, especially Austin Rivers, a young guy. I mean, yeah, yeah. If you you're worried he's gonna take some shots away from Devin Booker, how he coexists there, you're really trying to push this Devin Booker at point guard initiative. Good luck with that, but it seems like they just yeah they're kind of just they just didn't want to trade this the guy. Suns, they didn't want to trade Ariza to the Lakers. Doesn't it seem like that, and they're just. They're they're they got something back and they're like hopefully we can flip this now for what we really wanted. I guess just but kicking the can down the road doesn't seem like that. Yeah, it does. I just don't. I don't think that's gonna pan out for them. I I think it was pretty yeah. pretty dumb move. But shockingly, um, the Suns not doing smart things. The opposite of dumb, and I'm sure all Knicks fans' minds, and something they would certainly like as a as a Christmas gift this year would be for James Dolan to sell the Knicks, uh, which you know there's no traction with that. But he did say that he would be willing to do it um, for the right which, price. A serious right suitor price, came in, which I'm very. I hope it happens because well, I, I in mean, my lifetime, I the Knicks haven't been good. At least not that I can remember. Had that couple months with Amari when he first signed with them. Yeah, that was nice. And when yeah. Amari and Mello were initially together, was they had some. Well, I'm talking about when but... before they made the Mello trade too. All right. Amari was could could have been MVP as they at least Nick fans would have thought. <laughs> I love I'm Amari Stoudemire, man. He was fun to watch. It's too bad that he <laughs> just did really not end up painting out for him in the end. But yeah, he lost his knees, man. That's not funny. Yeah. You no, jerk. No, I'm sorry. I'm being you insensitive. Jerk. You just yeah. Um, you just well. 
laughing at a well-conditioned athlete. I mean, he still played overseas for a long time. He's, he's doing played in Israel. He played Big Three. Doing his art and fashion stuff now. Grew out his hair. Oh, wow. You're really keeping up with Amari. Oh, hells anyway, yeah, man. So, it. I guess... I, You're I'm not? Up. No, he's I been pre- for him. Amari Stoudemire has been in the public eye quite a bit the last couple of years. If uh, you're you're missing out on him, I think that's just on you. Well, I I gotta do a little research after this pod, but I'm wondering, PJ, would is there any scenario that you and I could ever be considered serious suitors for purchasing the Knicks if we could find some angel investors to lend us the money? Yeah, I mean, if if if, if Dolan's ready to go for a cool five mil five billion, try to get yeah some sort of group together, sure. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good value, I think, for the Knicks. I would. I feel like the actual pr- selling price of that would be a little bit higher. Agreed. Um, we yeah, it'd be great for Knicks fans. They could. The money. Yeah, we'll see who who we can who we can uh, get get behind us to back us on that. Um, I mean. If you're uh, Knicks fans, yeah, I, I think it'd be great for Knicks fans. I don't think anyone that heard this story was like, "Oh no, James Dolan, please keep this team. You, we we love you as the owner." Uh, yeah, it'd be great for them. I'd be happy for Knicks fans if I could be happy for Knicks fans. But um, I mean, how do you it, know a Knicks fan? That's the problem. I don't either. So that's fine. Yeah, we're we're stuck in the Midwest that everyone seems to be a Bulls fan. There's not that many Bulls fans that we know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess we are just kind of all over the place, aren't we? Well, you, yeah. I mean, a predominant amount of our friends are from Iowa who just... You guys get to just spin a fucking wheel and... See what TV you guys led, Dodd. Yeah. Feels good. I still, I always think about that every every so often of like if I'd been born in Iowa, how I would have attached approached that. If I would have just like still jumped over to Chicago sports, because I just do feel like I would have just decided on a a city, and just been a fan of all their teams, if I didn't have any pro teams. Yeah, I definitely ended up just being picking random teams from all over. Got a grab bag. You just want to make sure you get all every time zone covered. You know where you'd be later in life. So I'm yeah, because sure I mean, there's for a stretch. I was, I mean, for a majority of my life, I was definitely more of a Lakers fan than anything else. So I got West Coast covered, East Coast with the Dolphins, and then obviously got some Midwest teams in there too. But anyway, uh, hope James Nolan sells the next. But I yeah, the best part of that story though was um, the part where mentioned how he'd play his guitar after team losses. Uh, Really surprising how LeBron and, and other free agents don't want to go to to that. And it was just like all the players hated it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've we've listened to him before. It's James Dolan not, is not being, exactly someone that you'd be really excited to see live. James Dolan was doing the freshman dude in like the quad, like playing his guitar under a tree. You know, first month of the semester kind of dude but just all the time and and you couldn't avoid it or or do anything about it because he was also your boss 
Yeah, man. <laughs> what? Like, what do you do? For, like, there's nothing you can do. You can put in headphones, I guess. Just tone it uh, out. I mean, that's tough. With a guitar playing for me. You, you know what we should do is we should next year for our fantasy football or even basketball. I don't care which one we did it for. But there should be some sort of punishment we do for last place. We should make the person that goes and that finishes in last place have to buy tickets to James Dolan's band and go see the, a show of theirs. That's a good fantasy basketball, but could be for buddy, football too. Yeah, just I think it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be treasured quite as much as well as received. I don't know. There's sports fans. There, we got sports fans. Sports fans are sports fans. Ultra. Well, I'm you know? just thinking. I'm thinking of the guy that would be in that spot this year. And sports is life. He, yeah, sure is. Um, no, we wouldn't do it this year. We obviously everyone have to know about it with the stakes on the line next year. Before, right before the draft, we we take a vote. You know, democracy, baby. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, I want to talk about this. Uh, so this was announced today, stemming from last night's game, uh, Rockets versus Jazz, where uh, James Harden ended up with, I think, forty plus points and another triple double. But yeah, he, um, just doing having to do so much, keep that team going right now. Uh, it's ugly. I mean, just not Chris much Paul different is, than. Is uh, I mean, Donovan Mitchell is is pretty much in the same spot. Uh, as as James Harden, he's just not not getting as easy of looks at points as, as James Harden is. And I mean James Harden is obviously a much better shooter too, but kinda of just a couple guys on an island, a couple stars on an island with not a lot of support right now at this this given moment in the season. Yeah, I mean, the Jazz have a lot. Of, they're just having a tough time scoring in general. I watched. Yeah. They played Mexico City this weekend and ended up losing to the Jazz. Or Jazz, they ended magic. up losing to the Magic. And I watched the first half of that game, and it was the ugliest half of basketball I've watched in a very, very long time. Uh, they, Rubio and Ingles and just none of those guys. If it's not getting Gobert easy looks, and a lot of dunks, and then getting Mitchell going early, they are just struggling to score. But um, they're still in these games a lot of the time because they're defense. But maybe Mitchell will be able to figure it out, and that will be the difference. Well, they need but... to figure it out for Mitchell. They like Other guys need to figure out to help him out, I think, more than anything on the offensive side. He is, I mean, he doesn't necessarily take the best shots either, and we've talked about that. It's... Like this ISO stuff with him is is just not gonna work. Um, you need to be able to get him some easy attempts too. Like he he just can't work as hard as he's he's had to at some points to get the the buckets he's he's been able to. Right. Um, but me bringing this up, uh, James Harden. We've talked about his ridiculous step backs many times, and if you've watched. The Rockets in the last couple of years, it's become more and more exaggerated with how he seems to be taking what appears to be somewhere around ten steps between uh, somewhere, or one somewhere Giannis, between one the Giannis basket, step. yes, somewhere between the basket and three point line, and somehow getting behind three point line and a step back, and oftentimes getting fouled or somehow making it. 
Last night was another level for how far I went back and didn't get called for it, but officials actually acknowledged today that they were wrong and that it was it should have been called a travel, which I don't think I was ever expecting to see. And you gotta you gotta Google this if you haven't seen it yet because it's bad. Yeah, look it up. Uh, he basically um, gives you BOGO pricing uh, similar to our Brooks Brothers deal of a step back. You get two for the price of one. Uh, it doesn't get called, and it's super funny. Uh, it's, yeah. Not a big deal. I I think anyone that's legitimately mad about it is, is what it is. I mean, this is having a playoff game. Yeah, let's, let's, let's have a little bit more. But it's a regular season game. It is what it is. It's a funny moment. It'll be uh, used by the internet for quite some time, uh, and it was also funny when I was in a week of NBA officials. Uh, did you see the M- the NBA officials Twitter account going after Chris Chris Webber? No. So if you missed this, folks, uh, the NBA. Uh, officials do have their own Twitter account, and what they've been doing with it is, is I think, somewhat helpful, but I think they're setting themselves up for some issues like this they could get caught in. And this the, 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 the James Harden play came after the fact that the officials, um, NBA officials' Twitter account, um, the refs were pointing out some of the criticism that Chris Weber had in last Thursday night's game. Uh, on some fouls, um, also involving James Harden, in which uh, in, it was against the Lakers, and the Lakers were being frustrated. Um, overall, like the two that he was pretty critical of, thought they they were. I mean, they've been called as fouls before, especially with James Harden. Uh, one was on Lonzo, where um, it looked like. James Harden kind of dipped his, sh- his shoulder into Lonzo and initiated the contact. Uh, looking at that play, I mean, it's just something that I've never not seen them call around James Harden. And it's, but Chris Webber was, was critical, saying these weren't fouls, and uh, the NBA officials came back and showed them and explained why they were fouls and, um, you know, said it was – frustrating that you know these uh you know when analysts are are being critical and giving fans the wrong information uh i for one will never be uh on the side of chris weber's color analysis because he's been doing this now for three years and subsequently around the amount of time we've been doing this podcast i think early on the gate i know i've brought this up before but he is on bearable to listen to just in general he's he's doing like a driveway color commentaries but the few times he's good normally is when he does get angry and like a little frustrated and just is talking and not thinking about the next attempted catchphrase he's trying to blutter out of his mouth uh and I would really like it if he was not with on the TNC broadcast anymore. I think he's fine in the studio, but just the color stuff. And then you have the refs that, that did admittedly point out that they were wrong in this instance. Uh, so this is really just a big excuse for you to shit on. 
I was I was I was leading into it that I did want to get my Chris Webber jabs in because honestly, like some of the the people, especially with the players only stuff they do, like I would much rather have a few other people uh, do the broadcast uh, than than Chris Webber because he hasn't gotten better at it, man. He's, he's terrible. People are critical of like Jason Witten on Monday Night Football. I was just about to ask you if he's. He's that bad. But Chris Webber's been doing this for three years, and it's like maybe Jason Wilden will get better. I don't know. But, like, Chris Webber is not. I don't – like, yeah, I don't I don't care. I, I would like to hear someone tell me how he has improved because I feel like I hear the same crap for him where it's just – yeah, it's wannabe catchphrases and all this stuff. It's annoying. He does – he his favorite thing, and he still does it the most, is he'll be – He'll, they'll show a player. Um, it'll be like, and LeBron dunks the ball, and he says, "This is my house. I'm the king. I'm ready to take over." But James Harden comes back and shoots the three and says, "Not so fast. I'm the lead league. I'm the I'm the reigning MVP, LeBron." And and I'm I'm not I'm not backing down. And just like stuff like that, I'm like no, that's they're one not saying that too. Like, what are you talking about, man? And <laughs> he's he's a little dramatic. This doesn't add anything to the broadcast. You know who's on is is kind of is has been better. Like Candace Parker, I would rather have be doing. She's doing a lot of the players only in studio stuff, but get her to do, fill in for Weber on a broadcast at some point. I mean, I don't know, man. Honestly, too, the another thing, just to, one last thing on NBA media, KG filled in for uh, Shaq. Because Shaq was with uh, his son with his open heart surgery, which <laughs> one really dick thing that happened. Chuck goes because he was he missed last week's game and he's going to be out this week too. Uh, and Charles was like, "Well, he's getting another surgery next week too." Jeez, <laughs> oh, I was like, everyone was like, "What the hell, Charles?" It's ruthless. He's thinking it. Yeah, just the most ruthless joke, but. Besides KG not knowing where to look on the camera at some points, some of his analysis was much better than <laughs> what Shaq's done out there before. Yeah. I mean, for honestly, if they, they should just have KG be on there with Shaq. That would, I'd love that. To add, add one more seat to that, that would, no one to, Ernie would – that's a lot of work. Ernie's got to ask for a pay increase. He's got to – Facilitate four of those dudes just saying whatever. Ernie deserves a pay increase. Ernie's the man man, in general. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what Ernie's getting paid. How you're you're facilitating that group of guys is just. But Kenny and Charles are good. Like, they're. Kenny is super good for TV. Charles. Barkley is super good too. I mean, he gets on his, like, old school and, like, riffs on guys and, and is probably. A little too critical of points, but his analysis I still think is good. The I mean the quintessential the Shaq thing was where Shaq was saying that he he thought that he didn't know if Kawhi was the best player in the East, and then said they asked him who he thought the best player in the NBA was, and he was like they asked him they he thought LeBron was the best player, and he goes. Well, maybe, yeah, and then said that 
he thought Giannis was the best player, but that Kawhi might be the best player in the East, and just got himself into this whole thing, and they were making so much fun of him a few weeks ago, and I was just not, like, he's got him, like, the same thing with the, uh, the gasoline, the, the 20 bucks, <laughs> like, the, that whole thing from, like, last season. He just gets these moments, and he's so stubborn and just doubles down, even though he just misheard their question and misunderstood it. He, like, comes out with these takes and just doubles down. It's so funny. I love how you just had all these pent-up feelings on all the TNT pre-game analysis and mid-game analysis, and it's finally just coming out. Blurted out. <laughs> oh, like, it's come out a little bit here and there. It just, yeah, it's kind of all spiraled. It's been a lot. I don't know. I love the TNT, no, bro. I love. I mean, I will. I I will say this: the appointment television that I have in my week, more than anything, is watching those Thursday night games on TNT. Yeah, it is one of my I mean, favorite things best. since college. I I watch them. I'm still wanted to do my TNT for a while. I wanted to do my blog on the watching the last ten minutes of Bones before each. Uh, before like the 10 minutes you turned on a little early before the uh nba tonight pregame show started just to like blog about what i thought the whole episode was just based on those last 10 minutes but now it's uh they swapped out bones for i think uh either it's ncis new orleans or it's uh what's the other show they've got on there all the time it's another another show that tnt knows is drama it's not charmed that's the morning. It's, no, Charmed is, yeah, early morning. Really, really, you know, tough in the morning when I wake up and I forgot to switch over channels and it's like Charmed is on at like yep. 5 a.m. You're like, oh, what the hell? This is it. <laughs> I don't need this. Yep. yep. I hear you, brother. Um, let's quickly, uh, quick update and on where we are at the Western Conference because tell you what, other than it, it continues to be the sun's at the bottom and then everyone kind of just sitting in the middle of everything so the way things stand now Mavs and Nuggets are playing tonight so that that game will ultimately end up moving some things around but we got Nuggets at 20 and 9 first in the Western Conference followed by the Warriors Thunder Lakers Blazers Clippers Mavs Grizzlies Kings now outside of the playoffs at the nine seed Rockets Spurs Pelicans T-Wolves Jazz and uh the Jazz are three games below 500 and the Nuggets are 11 games above 500. They, they've, despite all the injuries that they've run into, have continued to look like a pretty good basketball team. They had a, a big win against the, the Raptors last week. Um, but this just, this is going to be, it seems like it's going to be from a few years ago where we just have uh, some really, really good Western Conference teams battling for the, you know, the eighth seed. And, and we're probably going to have a really good team or two that we really expected to make the playoffs. Uh, fall short this year, Peach, but uh, the teams are currently in the playoff picture. Um, how how confident are you to stay there, and what's a team or two that you think are going to creep in? So, I, I, after I was looking at this uh, on Sunday, and, and I was thinking this would be interesting to, to talk about at this point, because we're almost, you know, 30, we're at the 30-game mark, over the 30-game mark for all these teams, uh, like, I see the top four and how they've been playing, at least to this point. I don't know if it's going to change much 
as far I, I think they're where these teams fall seed wise but I'm pretty I feel pretty confident if the the team I would I would probably put the the asterisk next to is the is OKC as long but if they're able to maintain their defense which has been unreal this season uh, best defense in the NBA if they're able to sustain that I think that's your top four seeds right there um, and it's it really turns into I, I think Portland uh, they've, they've struggled recently and they haven't really played very well on the road um, so that is a concern to me and uh, the Clippers have recently were you know just last week I'm pretty sure we're we were talking about the last episode you know a week and a half ago we were talking about how they were in the top seed in the the West I mean a lot of these teams are going to fluctuate a ton but if I were to at least say of anything I think the top four are going to uh, remain there uh Golden State I think is is just getting back healthy and they're starting to kind of win uh on a more consistent basis um but I've been super impressed with the the only thing with Denver and this I do want to ask you about this ultra is like the idea that they do have the injuries but they've also been basically their season's been long winning streaks and then like Losing a few games, losing a couple games consecutive, and going on a run, losing a couple games consecutively, mowing, you know, putting together some other wins. Um, and they're currently on a three-game win streak. So right, they and they're down, down by three. As we're watching this, watching they're down by three to the uh, to the Mavericks. Um, my sweet boy, Don Luca. Uh, but it's been been gangbusters tonight he's so much fun man he is he's great uh like do you see that though do you think that's in part because of the injuries um and and more so do you think that it kind of evens out for them where they just can be consistent have consistent stretches and not have these big swings because i guess for me one thing would be that in this with this 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 Western Conference is, you you get a three game slide like you're all of a sudden you're you're back five spots in this thing, uh, or does it just matter that they're, you know their their winning streaks or, or stretches of, of of better basketball just cancels out any small slides they have throughout the season. I mean I think because you're you're usually going from alternating for like a chunk of games in the road, a chunk of games at home. And yeah. the nuggets are so good at home. Like their home right. record, 12 and three this year, their away record, eight and six. Uh, it's not surprising to me that you're seeing from that, that from them. Yeah. Do I think the nuggets end up staying number one in the West? Probably not. The warriors just, they haven't like Steph and, uh, Steph and Draymond haven't been healthy together yeah, much this year. And, and they're, they're still that too. second. Yeah. Right. So they're I, you know, I think that they're going to, be just fine and end up number one in the conference. Do you, do you think the Nuggets can stay in the top four though? I I do. I th- I I mean I do too. I'm trying to remember exactly because um, Millsap they they still have out for a while with his with his broken toe. 
Um, I think the Gary Harris and Will Barton though are the two pieces I'd be. Yeah, so Will Will Barton I think is coming back. I think he's been out for three or four weeks now. I I feel like he's not too far away from a return, uh, and I think we'll provide a spark with them. But they're they're a really good, a really deep team, and as long as they have Jokic and Murray, they're going to be tough to to beat on a night to night basis just because their offense is so good. Um, their yeah. defense has taken a hit. They were really good defensively to start the year, and Millsap played a huge role in that. They've yeah. been not so great as of late. But uh, if they ended up being the three seed or the four seed, it, it would not surprise me. Um, well, and I really think good about the Thunder have impressed me. Uh, Russ has been, even though he's putting up triple doubles still like crazy, and um, yeah, they have been unbelievable because Stephen Adams and Paul George are lights out for them. They're just great, great, both like great two-way players that, um, and they've just looked really good. Do you, um, to just finish up on the Nuggets point too, I mean, with their depth and just how they're, they're really set up as a team. I mean, they, they feel like to me, they're just, they're, they are, uh, no matter what, like yeah, I, the the point you made about them being a home, a really good at on at home, I I think will almost give them some incentive to really want to lock up a top four seed just to have that home court advantage for the first round of a playoff series with this core. But two, like with that depth, I mean, you you would expect them to be able to sustain and like not really dip too much just because. They've got so many pieces, so many guys that they can rely on, and I think in part because of those high volume of injuries. I think if they were a different, a different team and lost a, a Gary Harris, Will Barton, a Paul Millsap, you would see a big dip. Uh, but they just have so many guys that can pl- plug in. Like Monte Morris has been a real awesome surprise for them. He's been so good for them. Uh, and really, it's kind of going to be an interesting thing once Isaiah Thomas comes back. People probably for, might forget, like, he's on this team, too. Right. Like, what role does Isaiah Thomas play when, when he's back um, on there? But I, I really do think, like, long term, if as long as Gary Harris and Will, you know, isn't out for a, a long, too long of a stretch, there's still some red flags with his injury and unknowns, but. Um, I would probably say like they can go longer without Paul Millsap. They did it last year, um, and they're just better this year. Right. Yep. I'm. I'm. The Nuggets are going to be a playoff team. Yeah. They They've looked really good. They've really. Put I want to be a top four seed. I want to be a top uh, four though. And they've. But my OKC the Thunder. Is they're man. they're they're one they're one in the West. They're three games above the four seed in the Lakers. Right. They're, they're five games above the Blazers and Clippers and the five and six seed respectively. But what um so in my like the way I think I I think the top five they're gonna stay. Uh, they might move around a little the bit. Blazers the concern me a little bit to be honest. Of that top. What five about group. them though? Well, there the two parts that I really I'm. I don't really like about them is that one they're bent. There's no one on that bench that really gives me confidence that they can. Nick Stauskas isn't doing it for you. He is not, and that's the, what has hurt them the most in their 
couple of bad stretches this season is that when the bench comes in, and this is something I feel like we talk about with the Blazers all the time, like, except for except for last season, or um, really, I mean, like, well, I guess two years ago was their big, when their bench was really good. Um, like, they just, they've, they've always had issues when, when they bring the bench in and the drop-off from when Dame and CJ aren't in the game. And and right now this team really is is so dependent on Damian Lillard. Uh, in every game they've been able to win, it seems like this season really it's been. You've had a couple good CJ games when Dame has has been bad, and those two do work well, picking up the slack. But it's if Dame is not playing well this season, from my opinion, like I just don't see them really having a chance in some of these games, especially with some of the, the better Western Conference teams. Uh, you know, the middle-tier ones, whatever, they, they, they can hang around sometimes if, if that team is is struggling as well, but it's so dependent on Dame this season, I think, and he's been so good. Um, well, that's the thing, I think though, he's right? going to be you're, a... You're, you, they're very dependent on Damian Lillard. Well, Damian Lillard's been... Uh, an all NBA esque player at point guard for them, he's been great. Right, but if but I just I don't think that's a sustainable with this with this the environment the Western Conference in, it doesn't feel sustainable to me that you can just expect that out of him throughout the season. Not that I don't think he can do it necessarily. If he does, we're talking about him being all NBA second team probably. Yep. Like that's that that would be extremely impressive on his part, um, but I do think the Blazers will be a playoff team. I just don't know if they'll be in that five spot or really in that that top end of the of the yeah, standings. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm not saying done. that either. Either what I was getting yeah. at is I think Clippers, Mavs, Grizzlies. I don't. None of those teams. I I, oh. have, I think will ultimately land in the. Playoffs. I think the Grizzlies will. I think the Grizzlies are good. I think they're they're for real, and they should be. Uh, I think they will be uh, be a playoff team. What I do you don't. Think about, what do you think about the Kings? I don't. I think the Kings are gonna eventually. This thing's gonna bottom out. It's gonna in a, in in whatever way. I mean, Darren Fox has been so good for them, and is is been so fun. Uh, to watch the season, it's just—I mean, he did it against the Bulls a couple games ago, where he just—he wasn't even playing that well in the third quarter, just went off on them. And he's been doing that to a lot of teams, where he's just had these explosive uh, performances and really um, just been unstoppable at moments. And, and yeah, he—he's he progressed so well this season. It seemed like he, it was a very quiet year for him last year, and he yeah. is—he is the number one reason why they have been a pretty solid team this year. But I just think like teams are going to figure out. Like if, yeah. if you were to if you were to rank, uh, like you know, trade value in the NBA, like I'm having De'Aaron Fox really fucking high. He's, oh, he's probably top twenty-five right now. Of like, yeah, he's he's unbelievable as far as like. He's on the second year of his rookie deal, and yeah. he's he is putting up ridiculous. Like he's averaging eighteen and seven this year. 
Dude, he's doing like a he's, he's doing a mini Kemba. Almost, he's averaging almost four, or he's shooting almost forty percent from three. I mean, he's just completely. He's, he's the mini Kemba of the what in the West. I mean, the volume will get there with him. He's still not shooting that much. He's shooting about thirteen times a game. He's not. He's getting the line. Yeah. You know, look at this. Like last year, like he's playing, played almost twenty minutes a game last year. He's playing. You went through some injuries not, last year too. Not even thirty-two games last, uh, this year. Not only not even thirty-two minutes per game this year, but he is shooting. He's getting to the line almost six times a game. Yeah. Last year that was under three. He's just a lot more he's aggressive. It out. He's it, it 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 everything is kind of fitting together for him now. You put it perfectly. He's just kind of it seems like he's really figured it out, and the game has slowed down for him. Yeah. Um, the real question is, what the hell the Kings are going to do to take advantage of his talent? Because like this is probably, this probably the most exciting player they've had since Boogie. I mean, he's definitely the most exciting player they've had since Boogie. Um, but it's good that they yeah. have. Buddy Hill's Kevin been Gar- good. Buddy Hill's been a great complimentary guy for him too. Um, and he's been really good this just year. been a, he's just been a a, a a very good NBA score for them. Uh, which has helped. I I don't know if in the Buddy Heald part is where I don't know if that lasts because if if Buddy Heald isn't scoring, I don't know what else he does really for you. Uh, that that's beneficial, but I do so worry here, about the supporting a, cast, and I wonder if as you should. And the the two my my other concern is that just the the instability with. Jaeger and what seems like there's the tension with the front office. Um, I do wonder if agendas are aligned with this team and how they're um, moving forward. Because I, I, I wonder. And Alter, what, what, when you went into the season, do you do you think the Kings were not that they were going to be good or not, but was their intention to be good or be competitive? Uh, because I wonder if it if if they were still looking at this as like we we're about one more lottery pick and then it's you know we'll have our core and we'll be ready to make moves or was this a thing where they they were uh, kind of ready for this because if if they were in some ways expecting this performance wouldn't you expect them to be pretty active in the trade deadline I would think to try to offload some of the redundancies I have in this and get some more, another veteran, maybe competitive guy, even just for a year to secure a playoff spot for this team. So uh, to answer your question, no, I I didn't, I certainly did not expect them to be good this year. Yeah. And I don't think that they wanted to be good this year. I mean, yeah, that's the indication I had too. De'Aaron Fox was, he did not have a rookie year that, really concern you but he didn't have a rookie year that said okay this this is a potentially franchise building player he's shown those flashes now so now yeah. you got him to kind of the look pedigree at your buddy. showed itself buddy healed who after getting dealt to sacramento in the middle of the 2016 2017 season he kind of regressed last year he's averaged 13 13 yeah. points a game didn't shoot the ball i mean he He's always shot the ball well from three, right? Like last year, he shot forty three percent from field, but he couldn't do much else. This year, he's averaging almost twenty a game, and then you still have like Bagley's not even starting for them. Right. And even though he, 
like I wouldn't be concerned with everything that anything I've seen from Bagley. The, he's just not playing a lot. He's playing twenty three minutes a game. Well, Beal has been very good for them. Yeah, and like I I understand you wanna you wanna bring Bagley into the right situation, and if you're not trying to win basketball games, you're not gonna give a, like Bagley. You're not gonna play him a ton of minutes and have them win more games, and and you can't not play De'Aaron Fox. Um, so I don't I don't know what this like. But they have some interesting young pieces. They really do, and they have they're gonna have a ton of cap room. What they do with Cauley Stein and what contract they could potentially bring him back on? Because like I I like what he brings for a for a center. Like he's a great rim roller. I think he plays well in compliments Fox in a lot of ways. But who, what are you going to pay him? Right. Well, right. But I'm I'm wondering this is like, would you if you're the Kings? Let's say you look at a team like Orlando. So they've got like Terrence Ross and and Vucevic. Like, would you put a trade together around Cauley Stein, maybe Harry Giles, like some of those like redundant pieces there but try to upgrade right now and give yourself like since you do have that cap space and you have a little flexibility in that way like just get some solid additional players to put around this team that can add some stability try to try to make the playoffs this year and see what happens i mean maybe i think the problem is that I, i don't i know how like Nikola Vucevic has been great this year. He's been unbelievable for the Magic. It's the reason why they've been pretty, you know, okay as a basketball yeah. team. When when you look at their roster, you you wouldn't think that's the case. I mean, I they're trying to win, make the playoffs too, though, right? I mean, yes, because they have, they really don't. I mean, yes, they're they're definitely yeah. looking to make the playoffs. I don't know how well he fits next to Fox. Like, I think you want a guy that's running pick and roll after pick and roll. I agree. No, that's, I know. Yeah. That's not really Vucevic. Like, he's he's really good on the perimeter or in the post against a, a smaller guy, but you're not running you're not running tons of pick, pick and rolls with him. Right. Uh, maybe that could change in their system, but I don't know. I wouldn't mess with what they currently have going on. I would personally – I mean, you and I are both predicting them to miss the playoffs, and – that uh, means yeah. they very well still they might get they're gonna get a lottery pick, and that easily could be something to build off of. That's gonna be a low end lot. That's what I mean, like how they're they're playing, and just you look at some of like the the Eastern Conference teams. They just I feel like they're gonna be a, a lower end lottery pick. They're not gonna be in the top eight, and almost there. I'm like with where you're at, you've been bad for so long. Like try to get De'Aaron Fox be the eighth seed and be De'Aaron Fox, and you know go up against the Warriors and just get some of that experience under your belt. Well, I think it's – the problem is, right, it seems like there's going to be a top five, five-ish guys that are going to be really highly sought Right, you're not going to get one of those. Year's draft, and they've, they're out of that now. Unless yeah. they really fall out, they are going to – the Suns are going to finish below them, the Knicks, Cavs, Bulls, Hawks. They're right. all going to finish below them unless something crazy happens. So, uh, you know the lot the odds for the lottery update this year. So maybe that that yeah. flips something in their favor. But I still think if they ended up being the you know got the ninth pick in the draft, you never know. You might get a decent guy out of that. Maybe I I would almost rather just like 
try to get the, the, the pieces of your core now, get some of that, that experience. And just, you know, really a franchise that hasn't been winning now is like try to ride that as much as possible and like improve there a little bit. But, um, cause yeah, I really of this, I, I do have questions though about, um, Dallas and, and still the Clippers. I mean, I think the Clippers can be coached well enough to continue to play, but I am wonder I'm worried if they have more injuries populate that they they'll they'll fall off kind of quickly. Like we'll see them sitting more in that eleven to eight range here soon. Um, and because uh, I, I still have. And I'm I'm still pretty confident that Utah and Houston are gonna gonna figure it out and going to be in the playoffs because how those teams are both trending and everything, I would be shocked if they is continues for even a couple more weeks that like they wouldn't make some sort of move again. I mean the 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 we've seen the Jazz trade for Corver, but. They might need something else. Like they just might need to find another piece here to tweak this even more, um, and just needs they they need to find some scoring somewhere that that can help Donovan Mitchell out. And and with Houston, I I don't know if they're going to necessarily be you know able to catch and get up to like a the five the five seed at this point. Now I mean there's only a few games in there, but. They've been f- so inconsistent this season that it this is really does kind of feel more like a land in that six seven spot for them. Yeah. How how I pissed would you. the Warriors be though if they had played them in the first round? Very very pissed. Do you think they'd rather play, if you're the Warriors would you rather play Houston or Memphis in the first round? I'd rather play Memphis, no question. I don't know. Houston, Houston took them to seven games last year. Yeah, but it's not the same Houston team. Not right now, but what if they? You know, they might put it together towards the end of the year, and they're actually to be honest, basketball. man. I've thought this, but Memphis would be so effing annoying to play in the first round of a playoff series. If you're like a really good team, like you were just yeah, gonna be they're exerting. Just, they're gonna be solid every night. Yeah, and man. Be great defensively. Yeah. And Marcus they would Soul is just a tough, a tough matchup. Yeah, especially for the war. I mean, we don't know what Boogie is gonna look like coming back. Hey, back in G League though. Yeah, but I like you. I the Memphis would be a bitch of a first round matchup. Really yes. would be. I would. I would. I would personally take Houston. Want Houston over them. I've really liked what Sharon Jackson's done for them too. I mean, he's been. How they've integrated him has been, been second, super impressive. Been the second best rookie behind Wendell Carter. Oh yeah, sure. I like Wendell Carter's. Nothing concerning from him either. I like what I see. Uh, it's just his offensive outputs kind of dropped a little bit here the last couple weeks, and he's really uh, yeah. he's been a magnet for fouls this season. Some bad, dumb ones on his part. Others have been some BS, but he's been a, a foul magnet i mean you'll see that with rookie bigs it's, it's to be expected yeah. but let's quickly talk so we got the i'm you know i'll I, settle it's for almost hit, the third best rookie it's hit and miss every christmas 
for how many of these games I get to watch. I unfortunately do not live in a household where all of my family loves watching basketball on Christmas Day, but... Me neither. Uh, we talk about this every year. Yep. And the I struggle gotta, still continues. Maybe my... Maybe one of my maybe my family will listen to this podcast one day and then they'll they'll change their ways. But this podcast has been getting some traction in my household. I'm not. It has been. Yeah. Is that good? I don't know. It's just been coming up more and more. <laughs> it basically has come up because the Bulls are bad and because of Fred Hoiber being fired. Everyone's like, oh, I wonder what crazy stuff pj might say on the podcast that he does did you tell them about the third the third entry of uh passables that didn't that the unreleased version <laughs> no we don't talk about the unreleased tapes. <laughs> okay we'll, right. we'll see we're saving that for the dvd box set yes um the, the series let's the series quickly running quickly running through the games on christmas day so 11 a.m your milwaukee bucks yeah, buddy. At the at the New York Knicks, I feel like the Knicks are always eleven o'clock game. But yeah, they are, and they've played the Bucks. They played the Bucks last season too. So that's a fun one. Uh, I think Giannis is going to want to show out in that one. So I expect a big As game always. from him. Uh, He'll just have like a cool thirty, eighteen, and five. I hope he gets that another triple double. That's why. Oh, he's going to get it for sure, dude. He was he was two away on uh, against. Uh, was he against Detroit? He had eight. He was two assists. It was close, I believe. So yeah. Yeah, he's so been putting crazy uh, numbers, man. Two o'clock game, Oklahoma City at Houston. That could be a fun one, but yeah. certainly not the one I'm most excited for. Four thirty, Philly at Boston. That'll be a fun one. Uh, main event though, seven o'clock at night, Lakers, Lakers at Golden State. That'll be great, and then Portland at Utah at the end of the night. I guarantee, I'm gonna be hitting the sack before that game's over but wait who's uh, portland playing utah at utah oh i'll watch that <laughs> of course depends on how spent i am after lebron v warriors but i am gonna exude a lot of energy during that game that's gonna be I, amazing yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to it too, man. But any I don't any know what I'm gonna shop? fit in my I don't know what I'm gonna fit in my office uh, my office Christmas episode marathon in there. I'm gonna have to work work on that. Yeah, I would very much so like to do that this year. I gotta remember to try to get my family on board with it, but it's the greatest tradition. Yeah, if if you I don't know if I talked about this last, but I've done it now for this will be my fourth fifth year i've done this in a row i just i spend christmas morning i i mean i'm i hate the christmas story marathon i'm a hater on that like i watch it one time through good this is another thing i know we rehash every year um one but so one thing i've done though is i think is much better is i will i'm all for christmas marathons of some kind but i think you marathon the all the office christmas episodes I think in total there's eight. Um, there's seven or eight of them. And so it really only takes you, especially on Netflix, and you just queue them up. It's really only is like a two-and-a-half-hour kind of little investment there. It goes by very quick, and it's the best. It really is. Um, yep, I'm, I'm all for it. Dude. You know what's a comeback movie, Christmas movie for me? 
that is uh i've i've appreciated more and more and like this year i just i watched it last week and i just it might be in my it's definitely in my top five now i think of christmas movies is bad santa i don't think i've ever seen it you've never seen bad santa no dude get get some time watch that movie it's there are parts of it that are i don't think of uh don't translate so well to today's time but since it was made when it was like it it adds that like this couldn't be remade type stuff but um it's super good it is an underrated movie and not even underrated but it's just i think it gets glossed over because there's a lot of there's a with a lot of the other things but like i i i would take that over um I don't know what I take that over Elf. Elf's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. You're not gonna convince me of that. Elf's like one that you watch every. You gotta watch that every year. I don't though. That's not one I. It's, it's. It's like almost every two. Like the only ones I will watch every year really is It's a Wonderful Life. Never seen it. Yo. What the. F- yeah. What Christmas movies do you watch, man? You watch Christmas Story? Watch Christmas Story, watch yeah. Elf, watch Scrooge, watch um, Christmas Vacation. It's a big one. Christmas Vacation probably it gets in there almost every year. But I miss a few years of that. I feel like the ones that consistently is, that is, is the number the number one family movie that is it gets on every year. With your Christmas family? Vacation. Yeah, for sure. That's that's better. Yeah, mine loves a Christmas story, so that's just like defaultly on. So I mean, I'll watch that. TBS is that's what I got to battle to watch NBA on. Yeah, me too, man. Sucks trying to get that Christmas story shit off. Sucks. I mean, I'm not I'm not hating on it. Just like you watch that three times, it's like all right. Yeah, I don't need. I just you you get catch the pieces of it and like throughout the day, and that's all I need. But yeah, I'm a. yeah, so you consistently watch that. I like that. That'll get in there. Watching It's a Wonderful Life. Honestly, the the uh, Jim Carrey, The Grinch, I've pretty much consistently watched once a year at wow. this point. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I don't think it's in my top five, but it just somehow sneaks in there. Um, I'm going to start making a precedent of Bad Santa being in there, though. I had a real good time watching that last week. You gonna watch it again? I might. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the, the, my favorite thing though truly is the, um, is watching uh, the the um, the Office marathon though. But then we've also that couple buddies, uh, my high school buddies here, that live in Chicago with me. We've done now. We're on our fourth consecutive year of doing this. We've added a movie to it, but. Um, to do some things we do like a little gift exchange drink some wine but originally we started out with just doing watching die hard and then doing some gift exchange but then we um, discovered the fantastic movie uh, centered around Christmas but not a true true Christmas movie but pretty close to one Uh, Nicolas Cage's The Family Man is uh, quite an experience and so a double feature of Die Hard and The Family Man has been become the new tradition. It's it's pretty great. It's uh, I've never seen The Family Man, but Die Hard, I'm all on board with. 
Definitely need, you know, goes well with a bottle or two of wine, I will say. Um, and it's uh, fantastic. <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, but. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's uh, The premise of it is here, let me pull it up really quick. Um, as you do any, any shout outs you've got. I, I really don't have any. My my anti shout out is for any company that makes you work on Christmas Eve because <laughs> that seems unfair and mean. And I close to home. I think that it that should be that should be like a law. Yeah, we got a lot of got a lot of policy. A, I'm trying to not push a, it's through. It's not a very it's not a very PC for, thing for me to say, but that's how I feel. Sorry. Hey, at least Trump made it okay for us to say Merry Christmas again. Don't get getting donors off that that line. Trump made that it cool to say Merry Christmas again. That might be the nicest thing you've said about him on this podcast before. That wasn't a compliment at all. That was back kind of thing because that was really never Christmas was never really under attack. Any everyone like um, so family man. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's see what we're doing. Uh, on Christmas Eve, two days before he pulls off a multi-billion dollar merger, Wall Street hotshot Jack Campbell, played by Nicholas Cage, gets a phone message from a woman he almost married 13 years before. He also tells a gun-touting street tough, <laughs> a street tough that he has everything he needs. The punk laughs, who's played by Don Cheadle. Uh, Christmas morning comes and Jack wakes up next to his old girlfriend. In some sort of parallel universe in a 12-year marriage over the next few weeks he gets a glimpse of what his life would have been like if he'd married her he has a house in jersey two kids bowling trophies a job at his father-in-law's tire store and a lot of love for his wife kate when this dickinson adventure ends what will he do wow yeah kind of want to watch it don't you I'm intrigued. Listen, Kate, we're at the airport. That's all I got to say. And once you watch the movie, you'll understand that reference, folks. And tweet me, at FoolishKiller, once you have. It's great. You got any go more shout-outs, brother? Go fi- I was go doing all my Christmas man. stuff, doing all my Christmas plugs here. I love it. Homework assignments for all the Point Four listeners. Watch, watch The Family Man. Watch Die Hard. Watch The Family Man. Again, I can't emphasize enough. Watch The Family Man if you haven't ever seen it. You, Alter, need to watch It's a Wonderful Life. And then everyone, yeah, treat yourself to the office Christmas episode marathon. And then you can send all your thank yous in cash or Christmas treats uh, to to me. Uh, hit me up in the DMs for that. That those the the right contact information for that those those to be sent over thank you all right well i'll report back next week and i'll try to check off at least a few of those boxes but um thank you everyone for listening have a great christmas we'll hopefully come out with another podcast between now and new year's but uh very very thankful for everyone for listening and we'll talk to all of you soon